Hello, and welcome to Sister Love. It's your favorite Red or Rainbow. I'm here with you today with one of my favorite, I know y'all like everybody's your favorite because they are, um, but one of my favorites, my youngest sister, Ashley, is going to join us today. Um, and we're going to be talking about making life moves. I want us to think about some of the pieces that it takes for us to transition throughout different aspects of our lives, different roles that we have and different ambitions that we want to see come to pass. And so my sister Ashley has agreed um, to share with us some of the narratives that she's navigated over the last five or six years and how she was able to make those transitions and some of the things that she gathered along the way, in addition to, you know, what she uses now to even, to even go further in some of her dreams, um, just by some of the lessons that she learned that she made moves. So some of y'all remember my um, leap of faith episode is kind of early on, I think season one. Um, this is somewhat of a caveat of that, but a little bit deeper. So again, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to my sister, Ashley, and she'll tell you a little bit about herself and then we'll get on to the tidbits about making these life moves. So Ashley, take it away. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be on the show, to be able to connect with the viewers, but also just to be able to chat with you more in detail and have our our life conversations for sure, just to really gain and glean insight from one another. But like Freda said, my name is Ashley. I am out here in Texas. I just moved to Houston maybe nine, eight months ago, eight, nine months ago. Um, for me, I'm naturally a creative at heart. I love photography. I love the arts, period. It's just a form of expression for me. As well as that, anything related to technology, digital, art, graphic design, things of that nature, anything that allows me just to either creatively express myself, whether through the camera or through the computer, it's always a great time for me. However, I do work in corporate America, but as well, because I know my end-all be-all, I utilize entrepreneurship and business to really help me arrive at my end goals, arrive at my end destination, right? And so I use business, I use investing as a way to help me catapult and have just the you know extra cash flow, the extra sustainability to be able to then self-fund and then be able to pursue my true goals and my true values my my big whys of the day so all in all throughout all of my experiences and my journey thus far i just always learned to think of what is it that i truly want to see out of life and with that end goal with that idea with that dream i asked myself how can i best arrive there you know how can i best get there and then in a series of decisions journeys leaps of faith pivots in transitions, I've been able to walk this this journey of life by making changes that align with the life that I want to have. So that's it in a nutshell. So then let's dive deeper into some of those pivots. And so for those who have not been able to um, see my sister's photography, if you go on IG, it, I think it's King's Views Photography. Is that it? Yes, so on IG, my photo page is um, the at sign King Views Photography. 
Um, and then my personal page is just at I am Ashley M. King. Awesome. And so if you want to check out some of her work, I've seen she's worked with groups before. She's um, done some um, engagement pieces, some wedding pieces. She's done pieces for startup businesses. She's done lounges, um, some of the eatery scenes in Atlanta. Um, she can do private sessions for portraits, things of that nature. She is very versatile. Um very talented, very skilled. And I think her empathy and her openness to hear people's vision for what they want to come to life, I think that's one of the reasons why Ashley's been able to very, very well with her creative side. And before we wrap on the creative side, you also um, have on your page, you've been doing some good, I call it self-help or some leadership pieces on there. Can you tell us what that's about and then how does that tie into your personal mission? Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to just the creative side, something that I've been more intentional and more aware about these last couple of weeks and months is just really capturing life's moments, whether that's with the camera or just with my ability to design stuff. So even with the think pieces or Thursday thoughts or just the the ways of breaking down life's questions or life's, you know, moments. It's just how can I visually convey a solution that can impact the life of someone who may be struggling with that, right? Because a lot of times we, we go through life or go through experiences and it's normal to just deal with things or it's normal to just have to make adjustments, right? Or put an asterisk by something or just always have to, have to, what's the word called? Have to, you know, always make a shortcut or work around for something. But instead of making a workaround, why don't we just create just a whole new solution, a whole new path? And so by giving out just that perspective and that advice through those video pieces or the graphics or the reels, things of that nature on Instagram, it's just maybe a five, 10, 20 second clip to give you a solution to get you through maybe the next hour or the rest of your week, or maybe help you personally pivot when it comes to addressing any of your life's concerns. So all in all, when it comes to just self-help, self-care and just self-love, it's all about prioritizing and making time to see how can you better yourself, right? And a lot of times, I know for me, it wasn't until I had people show me what it meant to take care of myself did I actually understand the importance of it. And so if I can help people, young, old, male, female, um, cisgender, what, whatever you may identify as, if I can help the next person with knowing how to take care of themselves to, to, to better have a, a great day or to be able to maintain, no, not maintain, really just to be able to thrive, right? Um, I'm just here to help. And I think that speaks greatly to your servant leadership. Um, I know that your faith is something that, you know, is important to you, but I also know like it's a part of your core and it's something that leads you. So I definitely appreciate um, that perspective. And so as you were talking, I thought all the way back to like where I think some of this started. It started long before what I'm about to mention, but uh, we went to Jordan Vocational High School, shout out Columbus, Georgia. Um, 
And I remember you were in skills because I saw photos of the recent students who went to skills. And I think they placed top in a majority of all the areas. Um, little known fact, my sister, Ashley, um, I think you came in in skills and did very well. But I think back to how you invested the time back then to nurture your creativity. So how have you, even though that you're out here enterprising and then you're leveraging different resources and things, talk a little bit about like the birthing of um, or the growing of the seed of creativity in you and what did it take for you to nurture that? Yeah, for sure. Great question. Um, Honestly, if I had to like take it all the way back, I think back to just childhood when we first got the computer in the house, right? And I remember, there's just some things you remember vividly, like you just know verbatim what you wore, how you felt that day. But I just remember being in the house, I was in the fourth grade, and just I wasn't expecting it, but you know. Our, our parents came home with a, a computer and I'm like oh it's a computer well we have these at school I'm excited and so as you know our, our dad put it together I'm just like all right I'm gonna get on the computer I'm gonna start you know dibbling and dabbling trying to figure it out and so literally like that whole night like I was on it wasn't even word that was on the computer I forget what like desktop program was on there but I was literally just figuring out how to use it how to get on like the publisher piece how to design stuff like that when we first got that computer I was like oh it's a computer you know I can do things because again like at school that was an outlet and I like being on the computer at school and so to have one at home like oh this is great like this is fun to the, to the point where I had forgot to do my homework for that class the next day. So then when I'm in class, I'm like, oh, I didn't do my homework. Let me do it real quick. And so whenever I think about my creativity piece or my willingness to always learn how to use a computer design stuff, you know, I, I think back to that moment when we first got a computer and it makes me value the, the part of having access to something and it takes exposure. Because a lot of times we aren't told or we're not raised in environments to be creative. And it's not until you get exposed to that side of you or exposed to the tools to help you embrace what's untapped. Do you know what's hidden or what those hidden jewels are within you, within your your soul, within your spirit? And so after that moment, of course, you know, with church, you know, making like programs and flyers, you know, so it's like, okay, let me, you know, take a stab at it. Let me, let me do this. Let me, you know, see. And of course, I'm adhering to what they want in terms of the designs. But then going into high school and, again, being a part of, you know, skills, being a part of just the business academy within Jerry as well. Um, and then just going through knocking out all the business classes to the point where I, I was in independent studies as electives. And it was just me in the computer lab with our instructors and advisors. And I really just had like my own oasis, like a technology oasis, right? And I was making flyers for the different events because I was uh, a student leader in leadership positions. So I was making flyers for clubs, making um, flyers for the events, whether it was homecoming 
or prom, things of that nature and starting to branch out that way to design stuff and really getting a feel for what that required and what that looked like, doing PowerPoints, doing presentations, and even in group projects, right? Um, being the one designated to make everything look nice, to package things nicely, even up into college, right? You know, taking um, public relations courses and classes that revolved around like PR, packaging, um, assembling press kits, making everything look presentable and nice. And it's always funny when you look back on your life and your experiences growing up, those things that just that come natural, that come easy to you, but the next person would pay for or have like the hardest times to, to achieve or to accomplish, those are just your good things, right? But in, in the moment or in that season of growing up, going through childhood up into adulthood, you know, I didn't realize it, you know, working for or being in the press club or in journalism and with SGA, you know, we had to have photos for the flyers. So I picked up a camera, you know, my teacher, she had a, I'm not sure what type of Canon camera, but it was a DSLR camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, just knowing how lenses work, how to zoom, how to do that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is pretty self-explanatory. You know, even when you had your camera, okay, let me see how to work, you know, Credit's camera. Let me see how to take photos, how to zoom in, things of that nature. And so when I was able to, you know, take money, maybe just like around Christmas time, I was able to buy my camera around the ninth or 10th grade. And so then I became excited to take photos, whether it was me or friends, even if it was just buying the $5 Kodak camera, right? Walgreens or CVS, I would just, you know, pick that up. It was just a form of expression. You know, some people can talk, talk, talk. And for me, I was able to do a lot of talking through those pictures or through that designing and, and get what it was that was inside of me out or what I saw out in a sense. And so as I, you know, graduate with my bachelor's, I decided, you know what, like photography is still a big part of my heart. Whether it was taking photos of my friends or events, like it was something I knew I wanted to just put in the extra work to hone in on. And so for me, I just had to learn how to steward that gift. And so by learning to go back to school for photography or learning how to just work with other programs and other, you know, technological advances, it's just all about reinvesting my time back into what not only serves me, but really gives me peace. So. And I think that's a huge piece. And I'm glad that you I'm glad that you talked about the equipping. Because that's important, like going back into like, even as you were talking, like it made me think about like, I used to do that. I would get picked. I would take pictures everywhere. I would, that's the disposable camera period, the Polaroids. Um, oh my gosh, everywhere I would go. It was amazing what people did for me growing up. I would see random strangers at Six Flags and ask them to take pictures for me or with me or whatever. And they would like, people are awesome. Um, but just tapping into that thing that's innate for you, because that isn't a, a freedom. There's an expression in there, but I love where you ended, where you said that was your piece. And I think that's something that we, with this platform really targeted to black women and other women of color, black, brown, indigenous, 
it's important for us to find our places of peace. Whether there are things that we can engage in all the time or if they're one-offs that we use to celebrate different mouth. Like when I say milestones, I don't mean it's your 40th birthday, it's your 30th birthday, or, you know, you got a promotion at work. A milestone may be like it's been a week and you made sure that you did something to care for yourself. And so you get to indulge in yourself. Um, That whole concept of peace is so important because there's so many stressors out here. There's so many distractions out here that are vying for our energy, vying for our time, vying for our calling, vying vying for our talent. And so it's so important to hold on to that peace. And with that, I'll use that as a segue to see if you are comfortable talking a little bit about the length that you went to keep your hands on your peace. I know at one point in your journey, um, one, you know, there was an opportunity that it paid well, looked well, but it just wasn't sitting well with your piece. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you learned from that 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 whole period? And then how did you how did you build your way out of that period and then get yourself where you wanted to go uh, when you realized your piece was at stake? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it really ties into just the creative piece, too, because it was in a moment where I had just wrapped up my second degree for photography. And so I had the choice um, since school was over and I was still living in Kennesaw, Georgia at the time, working at the car dealership. I was just thinking next steps and, you know, I had teachers, you know, working with me to line up just different gig jobs or um, just other things to help build that experience up. That way I could start building like a client base to do commercial photography. And so I I was able to, you know, interview with one company, a studio. Um, it was just looking to pay, you know, between 10 to $12 an hour and, in a sense with, you know, knowing I had to still live and, and be able to, you know, eat, it was just a moment of, okay, so am I going to do this full out, right? Am I going to make this happen? How can I make that happen? At the same time, and it's always funny how when I look at it in hindsight and I've been able to, you know, reconcile this too, in a moment where I let fear or just see the negativity or scarcity, you know, become planted in my mind of, oh, can you survive off of that? Or, or is that realistic? You know, I, I took a job interview at, you know, a corporate job making, you know, making decent money for sure, close to, you know, 50000 a year. And it required me, you know, relocating to, you know, middle Georgia, it be slower pace. And in a sense, due to that uncertainty or, or, or not having that faith at the time in me or full belief that it could happen with photography, you know, in a sense, I traded that outlet for peace and that, that, that expression for security, right? And in that moment, in that season, I knew I came out of alignment. In hindsight, I can see that I came out of alignment with what I was truly meant to do which is be able to be a creative, to be an entrepreneur. 
And so in that season, sometimes when we make those decisions, it's not that God takes his hand off of us. He doesn't because he's always there. However, he will be with you and through that fire, through that journey where it may hurt or where it may you know, bang and bruises up some, but either way, we're still kept through the journey. And in the season of, of relocating, starting the, the, the job that provided security and benefits and, and just had the potential and promise, I knew that this wasn't my promise to live out. Now, granted, like a job, we don't knock jobs and jobs are a blessing. However, I knew for me in my life that was a, a misstep, but it taught me so much, even though it put me in a place or a predicament to where I, I began to feel the effects of being out of alignment, right? You know, being in that type of, of industry, it just wasn't conducive, again, for my peace. It, it raised my anxiety levels. It, it raised my my uncomfortability, but in a sense, too, because I did, in a sense, put down what provided my peace. I began to feel the effects mentally, too, and spiritually as well. You know, I, I went through a deep season of depression and even in moments of, of having to, you know, go to the doctor and then be prescribed medicine for it as well. And so having to work through and navigate that as well and then combating thoughts of, you know, suicide and then being diagnosed with, you know, um, bipolar disorder in that season. It was a lot to where I literally woke up one day and just told myself I could not go back to work. I just couldn't. I There was no way I could physically make myself go back because it was that bad. And so in that moment, I was ready to give up. I was ready to quit not only the job, but on life because I had just, again, became out of alignment and I just it just wasn't worth it anymore and I remember having that conversation with God and said you know if I was meant to be here and I don't know if I've even gone this far in detail about it but um if I was meant to be here God like then whatever happens is going to happen and I like just took I took you know the the medicine and it took more than what was prescribed but then I remember just coming back to my conscious and knowing like, okay, well, I'm obviously meant to be here, Ashley. So, you know, having that tough conversation and, and crying and, and just really saying, well, well, what, so what am I supposed to do? And, and it hit me in, in that private time with God and praying over the next couple of months. Um, I knew I was meant to go back to Atlanta and something that isn't often said but in some circles it is said you know it's important where you are located because different territories different domains mm-hmm. um, geographic places there's just certain things in the atmosphere that are, that remain prevalent right and that could hinder your your spiritual growth it could hinder or strain your your peace your psyche your your spiritual you know, your vibe. And so for me, I had to, in a sense, comprehend that the the territory or the place that I was domiciled at in middle Georgia wasn't conducive to my future. It wasn't conducive for me. 
I had to go back to Atlanta. That's the place where I was thriving at, which other people didn't see how that could be thriving. But in a sense, you have to be willing to do what's uncommon or untraditional to most people because what you're called to do sometimes isn't what the average person is capable of doing. Mm. And so for me, I have to go back to Atlanta. And then, and I remember having that conversation with guys just saying, well, I don't have a spot up there. I don't know how it's going to work. And I honestly, I sat on that idea. Like I knew I was excited to go. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll make it happen. And then I got comfortable again by getting another job in, in that same area in middle Georgia. But then because, you know, guys are always strategic, you will in a sense put you in an environment and literally make it to where you can't get comfortable or it literally pushes you to take action. And so I remember, you know, just getting to a point where even with that job, the environment switched up, you know, things were, you know, being intentionally, you know, forced and manifest to where I could not stay. I I couldn't get stuck. And so I was like, okay, God, like whatever it takes, I'll find another job or retail job in Atlanta. It doesn't matter if I have to sell clothes. I'm not, it doesn't matter if I have to leave everything, you know, here. I'll do whatever it takes. Like I'm not attached to nothing. I'll I'll literally get clothes, my camera, my photos, and pack the car up and go. Because I reached a point and everybody has to reach that breaking point to where no matter what you can physically see right now, as long as you see the end in mind, as long as you, you see that end vision, the rest can work itself out. And I just had to really level up on that faith to say, all right, I know I need to be in Atlanta. It's already done. I'll make it happen. I took the first interview I got, went there on a limb. I didn't even let anybody know. And, and though in a sense, did it was it selfish in a sense did it you know make my sisters and my, my parents worry yes was it not wise to communicate that it, it wasn't at the time it wasn't transparent of me but in a sense sometimes you have to you have to be willing to make those risks to make those big jumps or changes though it can upset or, 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 you know, cause tension, you know, I've reached a point where I'd rather, you know, be obedient to God and what he calls me to do, but allow him to clean things up in the background versus ask for permission to live a life that he already designed for me to have. And I think when you, when you get to that point, it, it, is, a, it, it is a big step. It is a big transition. But I had to just go on that straight up, straight up obedience journey and just follow through what he told me to do. And so when I went on that interview, I ended up getting the offer on the spot. And then as soon as I, you know, went back to to my apartment in Little Georgia, guess what? Found out there was mold. Right. So we would have to move. And, and half of my stuff, majority, maybe. 60 to 70 percent of my stuff was damaged anyway so it, i just threw it out i just got rid of it and i was just like <laughs> how ironic is that right 
But in a sense, I said I was going to make it happen. You know, I ended up staying with my friends in Atlanta. They allowed me to stay in their apartment and we went to college together. And for those two years, I, I just made it work. Even if it wasn't glamorous and glitzy, you know, just sleeping on their couch, sleeping on a bed on the floor, you know, I just made it happen. And as I got to Atlanta and began working there, um, I never forget it was a sermon I heard from the church I was going to where he said in this season, you need to align yourself with strategic partnerships, relationships to help you grow, to help you get to that next level in your life. And so in that season, literally like the next week, that's when I ran into my business mentors who opened their arms to me to show what business can do for people in terms of helping you reach their goals or your your dreams, whatever end destination you have in mind. But also just seeing business as a vehicle, right? And so in my mind, I was just set on, okay, I know photography is it. I know it's it. I had already looked at places trying to scout studio space, right? But again, I'm only working, you know, with, you know, a, a, a low paying, a low wage job, right, in retail management. And so it wasn't enough to still do what I was wanting to do, right? And so in that conversation with them, it was, in a sense, learning a, a big tip, right? And so when it comes to a trip, if you want to go to Italy, would you take a train or would you fly? You would fly because it gets you there faster. And so when it came to looking at entrepreneurship and business, it was the vehicle to get me to my end-all, be-all of photography faster than just working only my, my nine-to-five or my retail job. Hello and welcome back to Sister Love. It's Red or Rainbow with Ashley again. Um, thank you for tuning in to part two of Making Life Moves, where we ended off in the first segment. Ashley was walking us through getting back in alignment with God's plan and vision for her life. She had made a couple of moves post um, graduation from both college and photography school. And um, she ended up in middle Georgia, but that wasn't where she was supposed to stay. And so she made a hard pivot back to Atlanta and we will pick up there. So Ashley, if you will, walk us through what happened when you returned to Atlanta and started to build um, your leadership um, journey. Yes, for sure. So when going back to Atlanta and embarking upon, you know, business, you know, before you can ever lead others, you have to learn how to lead yourself. And so with learning to lead myself, I had to personally grow. Like I had to address not only the depression or the the confidence issues or the the just the lack of self-esteem and just past traumas and hurts. I had to really commit to becoming a better me. And so by deciding to heal and grow, I had to really utilize these different leadership skills and 
just know how to just better lead myself. And with the guidance of my mentors, you know, they, you know, put me on to different leadership authors such as John Maxwell, um, Jim Rohn, things of that nature. But what really stood out to me was one of the quotes, and I can't remember who said it best, but, or who said it, but, you know, your biggest asset is you, right? And so if you don't take care of you, like, how can you keep going? And so learning how to really just dig deep in and just grow when it came to accountability, when it came to just growing my relationship with Christ, I had to be willing to commit to making those personal changes. And by addressing me on the inside, those inner changes were able to manifest and produce fruit throughout the rest of my life in every area. When I became more disciplined and more focused, it was able to translate into my budget and be able to properly align myself, you know, financially, making better financial decisions, right? Um, when it came to learning how to just not even be angry, I had to really address those those loose ties, those disconnects when it came to knowing how to express my regular emotions, really building up my emotional intelligence. And it all came through learning how to track these things, learning how to really monitor and instill good habits because, you know, your your habits make or break anything. You know, it starts with your thoughts, your thoughts become your actions, your actions then produce your daily habits. And so when I look back at my daily habits, I was able to alter and change things. And so by learning how to really develop a routine, learning how to incorporate reading, learning how to expose myself not only to other trainings, videos, sermons, um, teachings from different leadership gurus, Again, I made sure that my sphere of influence, the people I surrounded myself around, I made sure that they would be conducive to the environment I was trying to move towards, right? Because if you look at your five closest people, if you if you if you hang around five millionaires, right, you'll be the sixth. You know, if you hang around five people who are complaining, what will you pick up doing or start doing? You'll start to complain too. Because your environment is your biggest teacher, is your biggest coach. Whatever the culture code is at your work environment, it, it, it can dominate and influence you to then become subject to it. And so in learning how to really understand the importance of environment, of environment my friends, my, my peer of influence or sphere of influence rather, I had to say, okay, who can I associate with? long-term, short-term, who is a, a five-minute, you know, association versus a five-hour association, five-day association, five-year association, right? Who can I see and, and, and pick their brain off of that aspect to see who's going to add more value or bring more value to the table? Who can I add value to? Because sometimes I have to be honest with myself and say, you know what, like it's not always everybody else. It could be me. I could be that that toxic influence, so to speak. So sometimes I had to to make those hard steps back and make sure that I was taking care of me and being able to be in an environment and not be drained, not be pulled, and and not have to regressed with the progress I was making. And so did I have to 
did I have to have some seasons where I was, you know, technically alone? Yes. You know, there was times where, you know, I had to, you know, pull back from family interactions because guess what? I had stuff that I still wasn't over. I still hadn't healed from. And it's hard to go in places that that you're still healing from with an open sore, right? It's like going into to water with like a, a big cut on your leg and you haven't tried to heal it. You haven't tried to, to do anything to close that wound up. And so if you go in that environment where it's wet with an open wound, open sore, it causes infection. And so I had to, in a sense, learn how to bandage myself up through preparing myself, you know, alone or solo and then going back afterwards once I was whole, once I was ready and then repairing the relationships that were broken from there. And so with encompassing that journey of healing, I reached the point where, you know, what, like what's next, God? And and just knowing that and being able to pick up on the fact that, you know, what there's another level that requires something else that I'm just not thinking of. And so for me, that was making a bit the biggest move ever, moving from Georgia to Texas, because when you're when you're so close to home or when you're always in a familiar territory, it's easy to get comfortable, right? And so I had to be willing to stretch myself. And so just going out on a limb and just talking with my supervisor at the time, I asked her, do you guys have positions open in in these different states? And I told her, you know, South Carolina. I told her North Carolina and then Texas. And so the one that, you know, came open was the one in Texas. And so I was like, okay, let me, you know, scope it out and research it and see what Texas is about or what Houston is, you know, hitting on in a sense. And when I was able to see and pray, you know, God, like, is this a, a good place for me? And I felt that peace. You know, for me, prayer and confirmation spiritually, that's always huge for me. And when I have peace about a decision and once I prayed and have that release to know that I'll be covered and provision lies there, I knew from there it would be a great move. And so when I committed to it and had the faith to step out there, I was able to not only get approved for an apartment within like a week, I was able to get confirmation for the job and be able to transfer with no issues. Um, and it was just a matter of just me making that decision to just pack up and move. And so it was a big learning lesson because even with making that move, granted, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're going to make the move. Let's go. Because, again, I've seen you make different state-to-state moves. So I'm thinking, oh, this is something that everybody does. And then hindsight, everybody's like, you packed up your car and just drove across more states? What? But in a sense, when you have that that drive, that fuel to constantly better yourself, no commitment is too big. You know, no sacrifice is too great because, you know, at the end of the day, the end goal, the end vision of mine will help you reach the, the target you want to achieve. So now that you made the leap, you, you made the leap. You went back over ground when it was ready. I like your analogy about like having an open wound and going back too soon. Um, a lot of, of of us, 
really have to mind that um, because you can eat, you can reopen a wound that way. Like it's almost close to scabbing, but if you go back too soon and pause, if you're wondering how, what do you mean you can go back too soon? You know, if you start rehearsing things, if you start ruminating, if you start like getting all in your head about being around people, about going to a location, just when people mention somebody's name, like one minute you're okay, the next minute you're bothered again, you're still working through some things. Get to a safe place, work that out. Um, but I like what you did. You went to me, and and hate to use this analogy, but because of Houston and Hurricane Katrina and all that, but I feel like you went to high ground. I think you making your transition allowed you to go to high ground. You got back in alignment, but you still knew there was something further and more out there for you to do. And so you went to high ground so that you can get closer to your dream instead of drowning in places that weren't feeding you. And so, and that's half the reason why I wanted to make sure that we caught up with you and we could get you to share some of your testimony because so many times it doesn't matter if you're on the other side of a goal or a dream, things come back in cycles. You know, the minute that you succeed in grabbing something up, the next thing you're working on pops up. And then you have to remember that the silver lining from these lessons to help you get through future lessons. Um, so I really appreciate that. Now that you're in Texas, what is helping you thrive? Like we segue into all this because in the original first segment, we talked about peace. And when you talked about peace, we went into the part of your journey that threatened your peace. And then you told us how you overcame that by relocating to Atlanta. And then in doing so, you got connected to people who can feed into you. And then that started to build your journey towards Texas. Well, now you're in Texas. So tell us, what are you doing that allows you to thrive, allows you to continue to um, stand in your peace and build whatever's next for you right now? Yeah, great question. And so I like how you even segued into it too, in terms of knowing that I wasn't in peace, having to overcome obstacles to obtain my peace again. And so being in Houston now, I think it's learning how to create and sustain peace, right? And mm. so I know sometimes it can be a, a thought of or sometimes what we can easily do is, you know, start to run and things get tough or difficult. And even once I transition here in Houston, there's definitely been those rocky moments. I've definitely have some character building moments, too, where my first thought is to to, to run. But then I told myself, no, like there's no more running like it, it moving here to Houston, it, it did, it exposed the rest of the things that had to be dealt with. And so with exposing the, the areas of, of maturing that needed to still be accomplished and in exposing the areas of, of just ownership and responsibility and really becoming independent to truly maintain my own household and to really maintain my life. I had to learn what it took to build that mental toughness, but also really build the the fortitude to maintain and keep peace. And so in my day-to-day -day routine or in my schedule or in my, you know, day-to-day -day operation, so to speak, I had to learn how to to think differently. 
when problems would arise, instead of going into victim mode or, oh, this is all happening to me, I had to learn how to refocus that energy and find a solution. Now, granted, I have 24 hours in a day to feel however I feel, but in the meantime, what's the solution to get me to where I need to go next? Right. Right? And so in learning how to think critically to not only problem solve, but be a solution seeker, it made me pivot in terms of how to even view situations. Instead of seeing everything as a setback, I'm like, okay, this is how I navigate. And when I was able to maneuver around those obstacles or challenges, and not seeing those obstacles and challenges, but just seeing those opportunities just to keep growing, guess what? But I, I learned how to not sweat the small stuff because life's going to happen regardless. But when you always are prepared to have a plan, you know how to better maneuver. Yeah, it's easier to to pivot when you have a set of instructions or a game plan versus starting from scratch. Because when you start from scratch or start from nothing, you're scrambling, right? And so it's learning how to not be responsive or reactive in a sense, learning how to just be proactive. And so learning how to just take things in stride and then also just knowing how to train myself up mentally, right? And so developing a stronger prayer life, really dedicating a time to pray and a time to read my word, but also too, just to really speak affirmations and declarations and, and just say the things that I want to see in my life. When I wake up in the morning and, and just speak what I'm grateful for and speak the, the things that I want to see happen in my day or in my morning or my afternoon, it's easier to, to start your day on a full charge versus on 50%. And so by really fueling myself up in the morning, I wasn't running on empty at noon or at lunch. And so just knowing how to just pour back into myself. You know, even though I have a support system and have people close to me that can, you know, pray for me to give me scriptures to speak wisdom, I had to be able to take what they, in a sense, were teaching and coaching me on and begin to do it myself, you know, because when people mentor you and coach you, they help shorten your journey in a sense, but applied knowledge is always better then regular knowledge, applied information, applied experiences are better than just regular experiences because you actually take ownership in knowing how to take what helps someone else and how it can work for you. And so just knowing how to begin to to just apply what I had been learning and really do the work it, it took to just maintain a, a positive energy, a positive you know environment a belief environment, a dream environment, I was able to, you know, be able to just thrive and and, and and see each day as a win and not going to bed either angry or upset or feeling discontent, always finding a way to, to say, you know what, like I gave the day my best and, and tomorrow it'll be even better. And just knowing how to create that system and really build my belief on that it's just been that that game changer to where I can thrive and continue to thrive here. I love it. Um, I love that you've been able to hit your reset button. I love that 
whether you were in middle Georgia back in Atlanta, Georgia, or in Texas, like I love that at some point you took ownership of the things and the lessons that God was putting before your feet. And you let those help you become the person that you wanted to become. And that's the journey. That's the thriving. That's making life moves. It's really becoming who you need to become. And some of the becoming and we talked about in the different episodes is unbecoming. It's letting things go. It's releasing what you thought life was going to be. And when I say accepting, I don't mean defeat, giving up or settling. Those are things that credit does not stand for. What I mean is putting down maybe remember if there was one called what's your fantasy it could be a fantasy you walking around with it could be a story that you're telling yourself about what should and should not you may just have to step back because i had somebody speaking to me a couple of years ago when i was struggling 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 and she just said it so easily it's like you're out of alignment um and i can't promise you that i'm fully in my alignment but when you are out of alignment, oh my gosh, everything will be a haphazard. And so whatever it is that people need to glean from Ashley's story, glean in it. If it's fighting for your mental health, if it's fighting for your peace, if it's fighting for your voice, because I can attest with somebody who lives in the Midwest, as I try to bake steps, sometimes I'd be like, oh, maybe it's just time to go back to something. Something about that peace you created in your space will not let you backtrack. And half the times that's not a part of the plan anyway. That's that comfort zone screaming out. Um, and that's that you you hit it. And I, I really want to, you know, speak to this. Take your running shoes off, folks. I have run marathons around the world in my mind of, oh, this ain't it. Let me go. And it comes from a place of lack and scarcity. It comes from a childhood in which I couldn't control my situations. So once I became adult, I got known as, I mean, my friends know me as a runner. My family may not know me as a runner because they don't see me that way. But trust me, I will cut out in a minute. Oh, this ain't it. Oh, God, you when you talking earlier, when you asked you say you were telling God, well, this ain't it. Oh, I'm the queen of telling, well, God, if this is what we're going to do, let me go ahead and opt out because <laughs> I don't know that this is where I need to be. Like, it's those things. It's those pieces, right? But it all is going to have you find your alignment and get back to peace. Where is your peace? What does peace mean to you? And then how does that tie in with your alignment of becoming who you need to become? So Ashley, before we wrap um, the episode segment, is there anything of, you know, if you had to name three takeaways, what are those three takeaways and anything else you want to share with our listeners about just making these life moves? For sure. Um, three takeaways. Number one, what gives you peace? Don't seek other people to validate that because you are different from the next person. But that's the unique thing about, about, about the situation. Your difference is your uniqueness. And so what gives you peace is meant to give you peace for a reason or your place of peace is significantly different from the next person for a reason. And so not to seek outside validation or confirmation for what your place of peace should look like or be settled in at or the location of your peace. You know, never look for that outside validation for that. You have to come to a resolve in that because if you go looking for that outside validation, 
the next person can't live life for you. Only you can. And so you don't want to go based off of their direction. You can definitely gain their perspective and insight, but but don't live to fulfill their their opinions or don't look to fulfill their idea of what your peace should be. You know, really seek that out on your own and discover that for sure. Um, in that discovery process, um, look at every day and be grateful for the journey. You know, in, in a sense, there are going to be those high moments, low moments, the, the mountain highs, the valley lows, but something that I am forever grateful for is even when I look back at my deepest lows, it taught me the value of what peace really means to me. So that is my biggest why. And it's not until you experience those moments that you appreciate what peace is. And so just never, never, you know, never let go of a moment to be grateful for the journey. And then thirdly, you know, just once once you reach that that place of peace, you know, always be willing to share with the next person how they can also arrive to that level. Because what you go through, your testimony unlocks the journey for the next person. Because we don't experience things just for our own sake. There's someone watching. I know for sure for me, there's there's a girl, whether she's in Houston or you know back in Columbus, there's a girl out there and there's a guy out there. There's somebody out there, young, old, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, no matter what race or creed, color, you know, there's someone looking to hear my story. And that's going to help them see the light of it in their tunnel. So definitely just be willing to, you know, give and share back what helped you overcome. And there it is, folks. Sage wisdom um, for my sister, Ashley. Ashley, it's been a treat to have you on. It's been great to hear your story. It's been edifying um, to hear the pieces that have glued you together to be the person that you are today. And, you know, without you know, saying it, but I will. All the love and kudos to you, not just because my you're my sister, but the maturity, the emotional intelligence, the diligence, the willingness to do the work um, that was put in, for, in front of you. And then the willingness to give your story back out here in the universe, because something that I learned at 25, and I always share it, I was reading this book and I was down in Al going through a lot of stuff in Columbus, Georgia. And I read this, I think the last name was Price is the author, but he said, your life is not for you. And that was the first time I ever heard that. And when I tell you, when you really, when your soul really sinks into that message and you really get a clearance on the things that you go through, somebody else, and you will meet that person. I promise you, you will meet that person. There'll be people you never know that will hear your testimony and they will thrive because of you, but there will be at least one person per weird thing that you survive that will need that peace that you were like, I don't know why God crushed me hard on that one, but he did or she did or however you personify God. And I made it through and you'll be surprised when I come and all you'll do is smile on the inside because you'll know that thing almost took me out and yet you needed it. Um, so thank you, Ashley, for dropping some very important gems. 
Thank you for the reminder in making these life moves. We need to be thinking about thriving. We need to be thinking about exponential growth. Uh, we need to be thinking about getting real with ourselves and healing our wounds. Um, and then ultimately, my biggest takeaway from your message today is doing whatever possible to be your best self. So with that, I say thank you so much for joining us today. Remind listeners, if they want to get a hold of you, if they've got questions, if they want to connect, how do they get a hold of your photography and how do they get a hold of you and your um, leadership pieces on Instagram? Yes. So again, thanks for having me again, Coretta. If you want to connect with me, feel free to reach out. I am on social media, on Instagram. My photography page is at King Views Photography. And my personal page is at I am Ashley with the Y M King. And so feel free to reach out, you know, comment on a post or, you know, feel free to connect in the personal messages. I would love to just collaborate with anyone or just talk to anybody about just any ways to just find peace or find find the courage just to really start that journey or embark on that journey. Anything to help the next person I'm always game for. Sweet. As always, listeners, thank you for tuning in to Sister Love. Till next time, again, we're doing all features for the duration because I want to continue as we shift from spring to an early summer soon, depending on where you are. I want to make sure we're bringing nothing but some sage wisdom and some guidance and some re you know relatable content so that we're all thinking about what it is that we want to do and we're getting those glimpses of how we can get there. So again, take care of yourselves. Be well. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Sister Love.